What's up guys, Taylor Welch here. Hey, we're doing something really, really special for Black Friday this year. We're basically putting every program we've put together over the last four years. Some of these things have been off the shelf for some time. We're digging through the archives. We're actually bringing as much value as we can. These are things that people have paid 8,000, even sometimes as much as $10,000 to get access to. We're bundling everything together and we're gonna give you access to this bundle as a Black Friday discount. All you gotta do if you wanna lock in the savings for this is go to www.trafficandfunnels.com slash Black Friday. It's gonna be a little form. Put your contact information in there and we'll add you to a pre-call list. As the day goes on on Black Friday, the price is going to get more and more expensive for this bundle. So it's really important you go ahead and get on the pre-call list now and uh, we'll lock in that discount. And we'll also give you some special bonus training just for saying that you're interested. Trafficandfunnels.com slash Black Friday. Get your name on the list. Talk soon. You're listening to The Traffic and Funnels Show. Welcome to the Online Supercoach Show. Today I have a very special guest. He was actually on the podcast two years ago, and he's grown tremendously since. My man, Taylor Welch, good friend, legend in the game, the co-founder of Traffic and Funnels. And here's an interesting quirk. Two years ago, he was on the show. His business was doing $500,000 a month. Now it's well over a million a month, and he's been doing amazing things in the world. We're talking to a living legend. Taylor, thanks for being on again. Bro, I'm just glad that I'm still alive. And uh, in two years, let's do another one. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Cheers to that, my man. So yes, sir. Everyone again, it's going to be an awesome update. And at the same time, let's see what your vision is for the next year. And to kick things off, what is a quote or a mantra that fires you up? So I actually did a training on this not too long ago. It was just... Uh, college road team and uh they decided their barometer on what was good and bad acceptable or unacceptable was it doesn't make the boat go faster so we've developed this this uh this saying in our offices shut up and row shut up and row so many times people want something they make a profession a statement a declaration i'm going to do this for my family i'm going to do this for the people i love but then when it gets hard yeah they start making excuses. So we literally, we have it like it's written on whiteboards here in Nashville. Shut up and row. Let's row the boat. I love that. Shut up and row. And I want to just go back a little bit because I came to realize it's been like four years since you started uh, Traffic and Funnels. And mm. looking back over the four years, you know, starting from scratch, what would you do differently? I would... uh you want tactical or you want how, – how deep do you want to go here, bro? We could go tactical and uh, philosophical. Uh, tactical, I would, have, I would have operated out of less fear. I think it's amazing, and you could probably attest to this with your clients and even your own life, how many things we do from a motivation, a primal motivation of fear. We don't want to go back to some you know, place that we didn't like. We, you know, we want to not be poor. We want to escape – this, that, or the other. But I've actually discovered in the past six months that, you know, every mistake I think I've made in my life and my career has probably been because I did something out of fear or ego. Those are two of the most damaging uh, drivers. I just, we, we, we grew fast according to what most people think, but I think we could have done it faster if we were doing it for people. If we were really doing it for vision, for impact. Mm -hmm. I think we did a lot of things at the beginning because, 
you know, we had been poor our whole lives and we never wanted to go back there. But that's not the state that you're going to come up with your best ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's a tactical thing. It's scarcity, 100%. And then from a, like a philosophical standpoint, you know, my baby girl was born in April. I have a seventh-month-old daughter. It's crazy. And uh, I began to realize that my whole life I've operated from this position of speaking truth and speaking what is correct, but I failed to recognize the humanity in other people even when they were behaving wrong. You can, you can stand against somebody's behavior by, by, but still love them as a person. And, uh, man, I think I made a lot of mistakes, bro. Just being honest and candid off the record, I think I called a lot of people out because I knew I was right, uh, but I lost a lot of relationships because I actually didn't empower them to change. I just made them hate me. You know what I mean? Um, that's something I wish I, w- I could go back and fix. You can see it in my post. You can see it in our team. You know, everything is about people. And uh, I'm not saying you can't be polarizing at all, but man, I want to, I want to go to the grave. People saying, man, he was the most, he loved me even when he was telling me I was doing the wrong thing. And I missed that for a couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's very beautiful and a great way to start the show, right? It's uh, choosing to operate from love or fear and just coming from a place of just a deeper understanding. And uh, yes, I remember when we first connected, I just was uh, laughing so much at your post because you had this amazing way of sharing your humor, telling the truth, and you were like the king troll slayer. And I remember you would go yeah. crazy in the comments. You know, people are trolling you, you would troll them back. And uh, it's interesting to see the shift you've made, you know, since then. And so I think that still happens with the people on my team. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But, you know, as like a, as a leader CEO, I just, you know, my time is so much more potent than that. And uh, I've moved on. I've let that season of life go away and I'm glad. That's beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. So yeah, man. a lot of business owners are listening and they're in a place, perhaps they're stuck, perhaps they're been a bit stagnant with their income and they're like, wow, you know, Taylor and Chris trafficking in funnels in two years, 500K, four years, a million dollars a month. Where is it going? How do I keep growing? How do I keep progressing? If someone is stuck right now, they want to break through to the next level. What advice do you have? Uh, first of all, let's just go after the route real fast. Uh, mm-hmm. People look at us. And they're like, man, uh, I think people develop an, a viewpoint that the people at the top don't struggle with the same things that, that they do. Mm. I think I tell people this a lot. It's not your problems that will take you out of the game. It's actually thinking that you shouldn't have them. Yes. That will kick you out of the game. And uh, I can assure you, me and Chris, man, things break every single day. It's crazy. It, to a a large extent, we're still struggling with the same volume of problems that we were at the beginning. But that would be the first thing. It's just like stagnation is a little bit part of the game. Everybody has to fight a little bit of stagnation. Everybody has to fight a little bit of problems on lead flow. Everybody's got to improve their sales ability. You're never going to graduate entropy because that is life. You know, It's like me looking at your arms and being like, bro, uh, how come I don't have arms like that without realizing that you go to the gym and you struggle with the same weight that I do. You've just been doing it maybe a little bit longer. And so you have a better relationship with the weight. And that's the, that's the same thing with me. My relationship with my problems is better than yours. And therefore I'm able to keep growing. It's not the absence of problems. 
I don't know if that's making sense. Uh, we yeah, can bring makes, it lower if you want. Makes total sense. And I actually made a post about it last night, just that oftentimes we're so fixated on our own problems, but we fail to realize that everyone out there is battling with something we don't know nothing about, right? That's it, it looks, dude. You know, it's amazing. The grass is greener out there, but you know, it's the same shit, man. We all deal with the same stuff with our, with our family, with our business, uh, fear, self-doubt, you know, it's, it's a yeah. thing. And social media has not helped. That's so, like, there's so many beautiful things about being connected, but there's so many dangerous things when, you know, you can control the perception that you give off to the world because nobody's really telling it how it is. And if you're not careful, you'll fall into this trap of thinking like, you know, well, Taylor's always happy or AJ's always happy. But that's, at the end of the day, man, we all wrestle with our own inner stuff and it's never going away. Uh, the, the only thing that can change is you become, you become a more holistic participant in this game of life and you enjoy the seasons at, at the bottom of the mountain as much as you enjoy the seasons at the top. That's really the, the biggest secret that anybody can take. I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty as well, because you're really good at telling how it is, right? And, you know, you share your wins, but also you share your losses. You're very transparent with what is going on in your life and business. And that is a beautiful thing because it's so much more relatable. You know, uh, I, I myself, I've had a challenging year, just had some crazy stuff in my personal life. And for the first time ever, I've come to find a new relationship with suffering and pain, right? Not that it's a bad thing, but it's a part of life. I also welcome it as a path to freedom and understanding that, okay, I'm going through this shit, but as I'm going through it, I'm becoming stronger and more resilient. 100%. And pain heightens your senses, mm. by the way. So you want to see the fastest, strongest, most agile, most adaptable people in the world? Typically the people who face a lot of pain early on. Uh, there's nobody quite is embarrassing as like the family member that you have to hang out with in the holidays. And you can tell that they've never struggled with anything their entire life. It's like, bro, shut up. Like nobody <laughs> wants to hear you talk. You're so mature. You know what I mean? And it's the yeah. same in, in every other area. It's like, man, the people who have been pounded, man, and they just keep going. Notice the people at the top, like one of the biggest secrets is they just keep showing up. It's no secret here. Yeah. They yeah. just, they've been in the game and everybody else is dying and they're just still alive. That's it, man. That that excites me because it's not that hard, you know. Yeah. Like if if I can just keep showing up with a smile and show up with the attitude, I'm gonna make it, you know. So true, so true. I remember um, around 2013, I, I was in the Genius Network, uh, Joe Polish's mastermind, and in mm -hmm. that group, you know, I was like the lowest guy on the totem pole. There were people that had 10 million dollar businesses, 100 million dollar businesses, a few billionaires, and we'd always look at okay. Eight figures, that's where it's at. Nine figures. No, when you become a billionaire, then you'll be happy. And the yep. biggest thing I realized being in that mastermind was the higher up the success ladder, the higher threshold for pain, right? Is this yes. ability to deal with uncertainty, pain, and difficulty and just keep showing up regardless. Yes. That's what it's all about, dude. 100%. Yes. One thing that uh, we've been covering a lot on this podcast and I hear you talking about it as well. It's just this shift that we're having in the marketplace where I feel like from the advent of the internet 98 until, you know, the recent time has been the information age. Whereas I feel like we're going into the transformation age, right? Focusing on results and shifting your clientele. Cause as we know, in terms of building an online coaching business, 
there's so much information out there on YouTube, on Google. And I want to hear your thoughts just about how the progression of this industry is going. In terms of just coaching? Coaching, just in terms of people just teaching, you know, similar marketing strategies, similar sales strategies, and how the cream rises at the top. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of see a, uh, a pulling away from traditional education, moving into you, people want to learn from practitioners. And it's actually smart because you want to learn from the person who, actually, who, who is a mason who actually built the sculpture, not necessarily the person who wrote a book about how other sculptors, you know. So to me, it's like we're getting into this place where, you know, first of all, the consulting industry is, you know, billions of dollars and growing every day. The coaching industry is looped into that. And um, I, I think that we're headed for even greater uh, economic transference of money into learning from practitioners. The problem right now is that the market is unregulated. And uh, I'll explain why there's a problem here in a second. But like, first and foremost, there's all these people that are like, bubble this and this is a bubble. I don't think that's a bunch of crap. There's 3 billion people with internet and people are being born every day. There's always going to be a market for this. Um, I think we're headed into a time, especially in the United States, where the velocity will start slowing down and the people who who got in the game because it was easy, we'll find other things to do. I think when we come out of that correction, there will probably be new regulation so that we prevent this backfill of somebody who bought a course and is teaching that course to somebody else. But, you know, people are, are avoiding college going to us because they want to learn from practitioners. We have to regulate that so that we don't just create the same thing as education where you're, you're not learning from a practitioner. You're learning from somebody who read a book about it. Um, I think that there's a lot of probably a lot of new uh, confinements and constraints coming into the market in the next five to 10 years that will be helpful for players like us, people at the top. I think it's going to yeah. get better. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great insight, you know, because I've been doing this for about seven years now. And I've seen the, many of my students who perhaps didn't get so successful with their niche and all of a sudden they become business coaches with very little experience you know they've yep. not had the ups and the downs they just have some tactics and they jump into it and you quickly see them rising quick and then failing quick and then they disappear because there's no regulation i'm sure you've had a lot of that with your own students as well yeah and part of it is client selection and evolving who you attract um you know we learned early on that we could kind of we could kind of con control and corral the types of people that were interested in working with us by who we made fun of in our marketing. <laughs> um, because I'm for the most part, don't really want that person uh, working closely with me or my team. Not because I think they're a bad human. It has nothing to do with what I think about their worth as a human, but just because at the end of the day, like if you want to be a recognized player, then you are responsible in some parts for the behavior of your clientele. And people hate me saying this. People always hate it. It's like, well, 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 you know, you could, you could read a book, but the authors aren't, this is not a book. It's a high ticket, expensive program where a lot of times there's one-on-one -on -one communication. You got to be careful that you protect that reputation that you have in the market, which by the way, the people who say they've worked with you are infecting what people think about you who have never even worked with you. So it's not a philosophical debate. 
you're not, you're, we're not talking about books. We're talking about people who are close to you. And we've said no to a lot of people simply because I look at their profile picture. I can't tell if they're like, you know, a boy or a girl or, or an animal. Like, I don't know what's going on with their profile picture. You know, all they post about is president Trump. It's like, no, 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 thank you. You know, cause I, we got to protect the reputation we have and that's coming from your clients. That is a very beautiful thing. And I appreciate you sharing that insight, you know, and I'm curious how you can maintain that level of filtration as you scale, you know, because obviously you've grown tremendously, not just in the past two years, but every single day you're hiring new people, having more staff. So from a scalability point of view, how do you keep that quality control? Uh, part of it is we have just amazing KPIs on the back of our business. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that nobody sees. It's the thing below the iceberg that equates for 70% of the mass of the business is how we train our salespeople and their opportunities to make commission on what they sell and when we pay them. You know, everything is a finely tuned device to try to make sure people are making decisions for the client and what it does to the business, not personal gain. So there are penalties for taking clients who dip out within a certain amount of time. Um, we hold things like escrow. And you know, if you're a salesperson, you work for me and you just enroll somebody because they have an, an American Express card. Um, then there are checks and balances and the team will find out about that and you'll be penalized for it. And so it's very, uh, you know, think about our government, how there's different branches that hold the other branches accountable. We've kind of built the same thing inside of our DNA and people who don't fit that model, people who just want to sell something and make a buck. You know, there's cars, car lots are still hiring salespeople. So you can go work there. Uh, we just have higher standards than that. Does that answer your question? Yes, 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 yes. Higher standards, KPIs, and just, you know, making sure like from the ground up to the top that everything is regulated. We're, we're learning the same thing inside of our real estate company because um, we'll end the year with about 3 million in holdings. We'll end next year with 20 million. We should end the year after that with 50. We're a stair step up. This was what I did before traffic and funnels. And so it... Never ceases to amaze me the, the mistake that people go through when they're trying to raise capital or they're trying to pull in clients is there's this, there's this person and you hate them as a person. And you can tell that they're just a narcissist and they're going to be high maintenance and they're going to talk to you every single freaking day, but they have $2 million. And you're like, well, maybe I could just take their, don't do it. <laughs> like there's, a, there's this person who's like, I want to be a client, but you're like, I would, I would lose my mind if I had to go to dinner with this person. It's just not worth the money. It's so hard to say no to something that can personally make you money, but you got to train that muscle for you to really have a good shot at scaling and growing. I love that. Yeah, it reminds me of a great Warren Buffett quote. He says, successful people say yes to everything, but very successful people say no to almost everything. And it's yep. that you know, keeping a, a very strict vision of what you want and then just eliminating everything outside of that. That's it. That is it. Hey, what if you could be in the boardroom where we sit down and we plan out how we're going to grow our eight-figure company month in and month out? If you've ever wondered how traffic and funnels grew so quickly, there are strategies, there are formulas that you can model in your business that our clients are modeling to scale to the moon and back. This is an amazing program. It's called Insider's Access Monthly. And we've put together a couple words on a page that you can actually go and check out this offer, trafficandfunnels.com slash IAM. You will not be sorry, I promise you. Let me know what you think. 
it's amazing to see what you've accomplished, right? Just even the past two years is constant upward progression. And of course, the biggest question is like, in terms of the mindset required to go from zero to seven figures, seven to eight figures, possibly nine figures, right? Is there a thread that you've seen within yourself to constantly up level? Uh, probably the easiest is just through your environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will preach this till the day that I die, but it's so true. And I don't feel like enough people are talking about it. You literally, you know, you are pulling what you think is good and bad. You are pulling what you think is acceptable or unacceptable from not from yourself, but from the person sitting next to you. And as you advance, you got to really look at your circle and think, you know, are these people advancing with me? Are they advancing as well? And uh, I've gotten in some trouble for this because people are like, well, all right, Mr. You know, white rich kid. Like, are you saying that all of my friends have to have more money? No, that's not what I'm saying. But you want to have a, you want to have a, a, a voice in who you surround yourself with. And I'm telling you right now, like the biggest secret I've discovered is anytime we hit a new field or a new playing field, I'll go out and I'll hire a mentor that's been at that next level before. And they can look back and teach me how to behave if I'm going to hit the next level. And then I'll hit that next level and I'll hire a new mentor. And there's actually, you know, one mentor that we've had for three years in a row because we haven't gotten to a place where we've outgrown him. We haven't gotten to a place where he has, he's, he's been at all of the levels. And so I feel like we don't have to replace him, but this happens with your friendships. This, this can happen with your family. Um, you do not want to be the person who's like, man, I'm going to be a millionaire, but all of your friends work at Sonic drive through <laughs> and, uh, and you, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. mean. It's just, there's a way that the world works biologically. We're designed with mirror neurons and we have all of these things that actually infiltrate us like an osmosis. And, uh, if you don't control that, if you're not able to really take a handle on that, then you'll just stay stuck, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. It's the old uh, Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the closest people in your life, your health, your wealth, your relationships, your happiness. And it reminds me of um, when you when you hired Jay Abraham, you know, and I just knew like, wow, Taylor's going to have a massive up-leveling growth with Jay because he is like the, you know, the man, right? He's, yeah. uh, he's uh, one of my heroes, you know, he's reading all of his books and his philosophy towards life and business. And uh, curious to know how that experience was. Oh, it's, it's amazing. We're still with them today. Uh, part of that up leveling is we, you know, $120,000 for six months of consulting. <clears throat> I mean, that's insane. For us at the time, we were like, <laughs> this is the most expensive thing we've ever gotten in our lives. That's, that's, that's a house, you know. But being around somebody who has been in the game so much longer than us, you know, the word, if I, can, if I could sum Jay up in a word, he may not like this. Uh, we just did an event with him in Paris, actually. He's such a good guy. Uh, he may be like, really? You couldn't have picked a better word for me? Uh, people will come up with all these different words, but this is a, a, a token of my admiration and my respect of this man. The word would be longevity. Mm. Longevity. He's found a way to be in an industry for 40 years and still love the game. He loves waking up in the morning to practice marketing. He loves people. He's probably one of the most sincere, kind-hearted individuals that I've ever come across. 
And this is a guy who has had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be jaded and bitter. And I mean, how many coaches do you have today that get in the game? And then within like six months, they're making fun of other coaches and they're like, Oh, be a coach to teach other people how to coach. Get get out with that. Like there's something wrong with you. If you can't maintain some sort of positivity, uh, you can, you can really see the people who are doing this just for money by how they communicate with and about the people around them. And, uh, I admire this about Jay cause he loves everyone and dude, he's going to be in the game a long, a long time. I want to learn that from him, you know? Yeah. That's such a great point, right? He's one of the pioneers of uh direct response marketing and to see him go through all these different phases from direct mail to infomercials to the internet. And he's still very relevant. You know, he's still very, you know, potent within the game. And you look at a lot of other people that started around his time and, you know, they stopped doing it. They switched their paths. And it's amazing to see this, you know, 40 year longevity with them. Yeah. He's a good guy, man. And he's brilliant. He's still brilliant. He's still got it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. My, my buddy Eli was uh, at the Paris event. He's telling me all about Mm. it and uh, lots of breakthroughs. I tried to tell Eli he needed to move to Nashville and he spurned my counsel and moved to Miami. I'm like, okay, bro, let's see. We'll see. No, I'm just kidding. He's got family in, uh, in Miami, so I don't blame him a bit for that. Yes. Shout out to Eli. Good dude. Eli Wild. Yes. So, Taylor, we're now going into a new year, but it's also like a new decade, right? And yeah. I know you think a lot about the future. You have an amazing vision. You call in, speaking things into existence, and boom, it happens. But I'm curious about the 10-year vision for Taylor Welch, you know, going into 230. Like, what do you want to be remembered for by 2030? Well, it's funny you asked that because I told Chris literally less than a month ago, said, I don't, I don't think I want to be known uh, exclusively as a marketer anymore. Mm. You know, that's where I feel like I've become more, more known is my ability to market and sell. But I want to get into, uh, I want to get into this business of just unlocking people. And you, if you come into Nashville, like behind the screen, there's 30 people. They're working in our offices in Nashville. We've got about 10 people in Charlotte. Uh, we've probably got 30 different contractors that work in our real estate sector. We're hiring people in sales mentor. I mean, so much of my life has become about influencing and stewarding people. This, at Starbucks today with one of our marketing guys, he's 24 years old. Turned to my sales coordinator. She's 23 years old. Like, my God, man, when I was 23 years old, I was just stupid. I didn't know what was going on, you know? And to be in a position where it's like I can give people such a significant advantage at 23, 24, 27, it blows my mind. But it also makes me be like I need to really uh, – you know, most, most of my vision is, is around building leaders and building great elite-level partnerships with people all over the globe and, uh, you know, we'll head into next year. TF will probably do 25 to 30 mil uh, wealth cap. We'll have 20 million in, in holdings. Sales mentor will probably do seven or eight. The money is just like, eh. I feel like it's exciting because when you watch LeBron play and you look at the scoreboard, the Lakers need more points so that they can win, but it doesn't really matter that much. What matters is you're on the floor and there's these this moment of exhilaration. Business is about the moments. Mm. You know, I'm not going to get to my deathbed 
with my children and be like, in 2021, we did $35 million and that's where I knew. It just is not going to matter, bro. What's yeah. going to matter is having, you know, a roster of a thousand people at my funeral because I changed their life. And sometimes I talk about it and it's just like, you can tell what you're called to do because you should get emotional about it. And I was in front of a room telling people really care about money as much. I want to set an example for my daughter when she gets to the age where she's choosing a, a, a spouse. I want her to have the criteria in place for, you know, people marry people like their parents. And I hope that my daughter marries somebody like me that can take care of her and not just financially, but can take care of her emotionally and can listen to her and can maybe know the right thing or the wrong thing, but doesn't have to rebuke her. There's all these things that having like this baby has been like, whoa, like I'm doing it all wrong. I'm just rambling around right now, but hopefully you can see my heart. It's just like, I want to unlock people for what they're born to do. And nobody really, it, it seems like not a lot of people know what that is. And so there's a big need there. Sorry for the long-winded answer. No, that was perfect, man. I felt that in my heart. That was beautiful. And uh, mm. it opened up a lot of emotion to me as well. You know, a lot, a lot of great things came up. Number one was, you know, having a daughter and just that, that whole thought of just like, you know, imagine someone dating your daughter. Like, you know, who is the man that you want to be for her? And that's the man you have to be for yourself, right? That's number one. Number two, it's the ability to take this leadership role, to want to influence and, 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 and steward people towards their greatest selves. And I guess one question I have towards that is, you know, growing up, did you have this leadership instinct within you or do you feel it's something you've developed over time? Honestly, uh, my dad developed it in me. I got so lucky that my dad was in, um, you know, corporate America, but he was also really heavily involved in our church. He, I remember him taking me to John Maxwell's simulcasts when I was 12 or 13 years old. And, um, literally there's like pictures of us and I was there for the Chick-fil-A, but I'm listening, I'm listening to John Maxwell talk about people and Patrick Lindsay, Lencioni talk about culture. And I don't know what any of this stuff means and I don't even care, but there was like a switch that happens when I started developing people and all of it kind of came back. Everything that my dad had taught me about, you know, communicating clearly and how to set goals and the power of vision. And I really feel like, I was put in a perfect position to do what I'm doing now. And there's a lot that I can't take credit for. Uh, I have a problem with people who are just like, man, everything is self-made. Everything is like, so I, I do believe philosophically that, you know, I'm thankful that my choices have consequences, good or bad. Yeah, I, I am thankful for the consequences of the sacrifices that I made, but I cannot and I will not take credit for everything I had a great family. I was born in a free country. Uh, I was given mentorship from people that I wasn't able to repay. You know, part of this too is a philosophical uh, gift that I can give your audience. Whether this is true for you or not, adopt it. Because the power of gratitude is that it expands your thinking and it causes you to rise up and to begin to proclaim things. You can't do that if you're talking about the president. You can't do that if you're complaining about taxes. So just imparting like this idea of gratitude as a weapon and what it can do for you and what it can do for your body. And uh, it's really, really important. It is. It is. And it's uh, so aligned to what I've been thinking about, you know, as of late, 
the, the, the concept of gratitude, you know, because I really thought about everything in my life, whether it's my family, my business, my relationships, it's a matter of perception, right? Yes. In a moment, you could perceive something as being so beautiful and, and amazing, or it's like horrible and, and negative. And I always said, like, if I could live in a state all the time, it would be to be in a state of presence and love. And I thought about, okay, the intersection of being in the present moment and being in a state of love, what is that? And to me, it's gratitude, right? Because gratitude is just, wow, this life is amazing. This business is amazing. Yes. All these opportunities, being in America, you know, having yeah. health, you know, and it's, it's being in that state in, in a sense that, you know, you're appreciating things and like money in the bank, everything starts to appreciate. 100% dude, 100%. Yes, yes, yes. This is profound. I'm just reflecting back on the last time I had you on the show. It was a totally different podcast. You know, I know. It's tactical. This is so deep and profound. You'll have to link it so people can see the difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is because, um, you know, sometimes I, I do think about the content I create. And a lot of times it's how can I create something that's more timeless and a lot more philosophical like this? Because tactics come and go, you know, and yeah. as you know, most people listen to a free podcast, they're not going to implement all the tactics, right? But when you can yeah. give a, a paradigm shift or someone a shift in perception, that's much longer lasting. I think you can tell too by, I was listening to a podcast this morning um, at the gym and uh, it, it made me feel like I could do anything. And I think people can people can, they can tell intuitively what is good food, mm. you know, like, like people know whether you're eating like a nice nutritious green smoothie or you're eating like Taco Bell, your body can feel it. It is almost inherently built into your DNA. And I'll pay attention to that. Some podcasts I listen to and I'm just like, man, it's good content, but I feel like the dude's angry or I'm like, I'm getting nervous or uh, it's just putting me on edge. And a lot of times I'll just like kind of stop listening. But sometimes you listen to something and it's just like, this makes me feel like I can tackle the world. Put a star on that. And uh, I listen to the same book every morning on the way to the gym. It's called The Ultimate Jim Rohn Library. Something oh, about Jim Rohn. Man, you could just tell same. he loved you. He was there for you. He was always exactly where his feet were, present in the moment. And the way that it makes me feel is like, I could do anything today. Like to the, the world is literally mine. And I've noticed that and I've latched onto it. That's what I want people to feel when they listen to me. Right. So I feel like in the past, it's been like, Hey, here's how to use pixels. Hey, here's how you sell better. You know, but not necessarily, I, I don't think I invoked the meaning of what it means to be an entrepreneur, which is total control through the way you view things, not control through actually controlling everything, you know, but control through your perspective because a human's ability to change the angle is explicitly human and people don't utilize that enough it's total power when you figure this out it is total power i feel it and yes <laughs> dude i'm a huge jim Rohn fan and i listen to him over and over and over and as well he's the you know rip king of business philosophy and you know just his voice of course you know you of feel course. like you feel like an idiot yeah. for not being successful, you know? And he doesn't. It isn't yeah. that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yes. Final question, Taylor. So I love this deep philosophical conversation we're having. And I want to ask a question just based on long-term legacy. 
So I live in New York, right? We have Times Square, all these amazing billboards and advertisements. And, you know, we're all going to come together and have this billboard in the middle of Times Square that's going to be up there for the next hundred years. And potentially billions of people could just read what's on that billboard. What would you want them to know about themselves? I feel like I should have had a better answer prepared for this question. Um, intuitively, something good, a sentence or a, a intuitively, I would put it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it. Intuitively, just off the off of gut philosophy, it's it's worth it. Like the biggest mistake probably in in an individual's life is looking at the challenges and looking at people who've been abused and taken advantage of and not treated well and put through unfair circumstances and not realizing that if they could just, if they could just go through and see the other side, it, it all snaps into alignment on the other side. It's all worth it. But what a gift to know that it's going to be worth it in the middle. Mm. Uh, what a gift to be able to see that it's all a, it's just tuition for a greater place of living, a greater place of experiencing and not to get caught in the problems, but to really get focused on the prize on the other side, right? It's worth it. It's every, everything is worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it. Yeah, what, what came up for me was just like thinking about when I was first starting my business and the amount of failure and resistance and fear, self-doubt of you know, putting out posts and running ads and shit wasn't working you know? Yeah. And it was like so many opportunities to give up, but that like persistence of, okay, you know, the next sale, the next ad, you know, just continuously going after all the failures. And then one day it all turns around and I just, you know, feel bad for so many people that give up before that, that, that moment. hundred percent, man. Yes. So everyone listening here is uh, appreciating your, your generosity, all your insights. And if they want to get more of, Taylor, where do they go? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Taylor A. Welch. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, same, Taylor A. Welch. We typically put most of the things we're doing on our blog as well, so trafficandfunnels.com. Uh, but Instagram and Facebook are great because I'm always posting stuff, and whatever hits my mind first thing in the morning, I usually just sit post on it, and uh, people really enjoy that. I love that. Love that. Yes, I'll put all those in the show notes on the blog. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you just as a friend, as a person who I really admire because you are just from the heart. You're honest. It's, it's really amazing to see your, your evolution throughout all these years. But you come from a place of giving. Like every post you put out, every mm -hmm. piece of content is coming from a place of serving and helping others. And you've helped me tremendously as well, just in my philosophy, my way of thinking. And I just want to appreciate you for being the person you are. Thank you, bro. It means a lot. I appreciate that. Of course. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.